Which teams are the most likely to be picking inside the top 10 for the 2024 NFL Draft? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Wednesday. Boy, do we have a fun little deep dive for you here today on the show. We are way too early, looking way into the future, going into the crystal ball and looking at the 2024 NFL Draft. And here, the end of May, the start of June, I have decided that I would go headfirst deep dive into the idea of which teams are most likely to be picking inside the top 10 for 2024. We've got a lot of research, uh, a lot of information that helped me come to this conclusion. And by the time it's all said and done, we've got four tiers, four buckets that we're going to put these teams in for the 2024 NFL draft. And so I think the important place for us to start is I want to walk you through the research process here and share the information with you and share with you where I went on this journey. And then we will get to the end result here, which is taking these teams and putting them into the buckets of are these teams among the most likely to be a part of the 2024 top 10 for the NFL draft? And I will say that the start of this process, I saw an article on ESPN.com that shared the odds for all of uh, for the teams to be picking in the top 10, according to ESPN's football power index. And so I want to start there and just share with you another source, another place that has information that is putting together their top 10. And so it's not going to surprise anybody that the team sitting at number one and number two is the same team because it is the team that has their own draft pick, but they also have the Houston Texans draft pick for 2024. And right now, the Arizona Cardinals are projected, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, to be picking one and two. Their odds to be picking inside the top 10 are the highest. That's the order that I went this in, the odds to pick in the top 10. The Cardinals, with their own pick, have a 79.1% chance to be picking inside the top 10. With Houston's pick, it is 70.0. 5% chance to be picking inside the top 10. So the Cardinals have a better chance to be picking inside the top 10, according to ESPN's Football Power Index with their own pick, than they do Houston's pick. Three, Tampa Bay, 68%. Indy in fourth with 60.1%. The Rams, five at 52.1%. So just five teams with a greater than 50% chance, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, to be picking inside the top 10. Tennessee at six, 48.1. Green Bay uh, at seven. I actually put these out of order. Green Bay at seven, 49. Two, Washington at 847.3, Las Vegas 41%, and Chicago via Carolina 45.1%. I actually think the way that this order broke down for ESPN is based on uh, their odds to have the number one pick, and that's why they're in this order. But these are the top 10 teams in terms of odds, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, to be picking inside the top 10. So you have all that information, right? And the place that I went when gathering in this information, when looking at this and saying, okay, the first thing I need to do is to see what number of wins gets you a top 10 pick, right? Because then we can immediately rule out some teams. We can then kind of narrow our focus down into it's probably these groups of teams that we think are going to hover around this record, and then we can go from there. So the win totals for the top 10 in 2023, Chicago had three, Houston had three, Arizona, Indy with four, Seattle and Detroit. Both of those picks were from other teams. So Denver and the Rams both had five, uh, the Raiders at six, 
uh, Atlanta and Carolina with seven wins, Philadelphia via New Orleans, so New Orleans with seven wins. So to pick in the top 10 in the 2023 NFL Draft, Anywhere from three wins to seven wins. So if you hovered around 500, eight wins, or you had nine wins, that puts you out of this conversation. But seven wins had you firmly in this in this discussion. So then the logical place to go to when looking at this again and taking this a step further is let's look at win totals for 2023-2024 and say which teams are in that range. And so these teams that I'm about to read this list off to everybody, according to FanDuel, are teams that have win totals that are lower than eight games. Because again, eight games will get you out of this list. So these are teams that have win totals under eight wins. Arizona, Houston, Indy, Vegas, the Rams, the Commanders, the Bucks, Panthers, Bears, Packers, Patriots, Giants, Titans. That is now the group of teams that I'm going to be choosing to work with of teams that fit that bill, that it took you only seven wins to get into the top 10 last year. We know that that's kind of the range where it is in recent seasons. So we look ahead to 2023, 2024, and we look at the teams that have the lowest win totals that fit with that range of teams, and it gives us that list. And I'm sure some of you are sitting there listening to the show, looking at some of the obvious teams. And listen, we'll give one away here. We're going to put Arizona in the list. They're going to be one of the 10 teams that we discuss here. But I think it's important to have the complete context of the way Vegas looks at this or the sports betting market looks at this, what the data tells us from what it took a year ago, from what ESPN's football power index does for us. And then I looked at something else. I looked at something that I thought was maybe an interesting piece of information. I looked at, all of the top 10 teams that picked in 2023. And then I said to myself, how many of those teams, how many of the teams that picked inside the top 10 in 2023 also picked in the top 10 in 2024? How many, in 2022, how many repeat customers did we have? How many people did we have that picked inside the top 10 in both of those seasons to see if there's any type of track record of, yes, teams picking back-to-back seasons? Five teams were repeats. That means they picked inside the top 10 in both the 2022 and 2023 NFL drafts. I will tell you, of these five, there are two that we're going to immediately rule out for obvious reasons. The first team on the list, the Detroit Lions, wasn't their pick. They had somebody else's pick. So a team that doesn't really fit the kind of mold of what we're looking for, of a team that maybe struggles and is rebuilding and is going to find their way in here for back-to-back seasons. The Houston Texans, okay, they check a box. The Carolina Panthers, okay, they check a box. The Atlanta Falcons, okay, they check a box. The Seattle Seahawks, again, a team who had another team selection that's not going to have those circumstances here for this season. So only really three teams were repeats in 2022 and 2023 that we could consider and put in the bucket of these are teams that didn't play well enough to get there. They weren't there because of a product of circumstance in the case of Detroit and Seattle having somebody else's pick. That ended up being uh, terrible. So now we've got what the odds tell us. We have what the win totals were for 2023. We know the teams that were repeats in 2022 and 2023. And we have the win totals of teams that probably should be in this bucket that should be in the mix. And so now I came up with the four tiers that are going to drive this conversation. Tier number one, the slam dunk, no doubt, top 10 team. These are the teams we don't have to give any thought about that they, at the end of the season, will have a record 
that puts them in a position to where they are going to have a top 10 pick. Tier number two, highly likely top 10 pick. This is a team that you feel pretty good about, but you don't. You could see a scenario where they might probably maybe fall just to like 11 or 12, or they're not a slam dunk. They're pre, they're pretty. You're pretty confident, but you're not slam dunk, absolute 100% confident. Tier number three, the leaning towards the top 10 team. This is probably more your 50-50. This is more your coin toss. This is more of I could see it going both ways. And I think there are some teams that very easily fit into that when we look at from the Vegas win totals that are going to have the conversation for this this tier. And then tier number four, the you can see the path of where they get to top 10, but they're probably too talented to be a top 10 team. They're going to win too many games or the circumstances are going to dictate them being um, winning too many games to be uh, in one of these top 10 slots. And so with, with that, I've given you all the information. I've given you all of the research that I did yesterday to be able to put this together, to put ourselves in a position to have this conversation. And I think for the sake of this conversation, we need to treat this as we're going to look at Houston separately from the Cardinals. Right when we, when we do this, if we think if Houston is a slam dunk, no doubt top ten team, we'll put them on the list, but we'll recognize that that means Arizona is going to get the pick. I want to look at this from the context of which teams, regardless of whether or not they have their own pick, are going to be bad enough to be inside the top ten. Right, and so if we were doing this a year ago, we would have evaluated Denver and the Rams and the Saints. We would not have evaluated the Seahawks, the Lions, or the Eagles, right? I think that's the, the the way that I would like to do this. And so for me, I would like to pass a motion right here with everybody that I have three teams already written down that I have locked into specific tiers. And then the other seven teams that I think could make up this group are worthy of lengthier conversations that I think we could go back and forth on. And so for me, the tier one, I have one slam dunk, no doubt, top 10 team right now. And I'm looking at the second screen experience because where the, all the notes are. I have the Arizona Cardinals listed here. And, and, it, and it's purely simple. We've got the first year of a head coach. We have a roster that is in need of a major overhaul. We, our, all of our pass rushers have retired or moved on or gone to free agency. And I know we made an effort in the draft to bring in players for uh, pass rush. And we've got some younger players on the roster. But I think it's going to take some time for this to gel. Our offense is still in a state of flux. We're rebuilding our offensive line. We're not going to have Kyler Murray for some level of time during the season. And so just from a pure roster perspective, from a first-year coach perspective, right? It's going to take some time for that to get put together. And oh, by the way, while you're doing that, while you're getting that that gel, while you're putting this roster together, while you're becoming a team again, you're not going to have Kyler Murray, and it's going to be some version of Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon leading the way for you um, in 2023. Now, the counter to that is they're going to get to play the Rams twice, right? And so they've got those types of games that could potentially help them. But for me, I look at this and I say slam dunk, no doubt, because if Kyler Murray misses half the season, Right? Let's say he misses just half the season. I think that's enough to put them in this conversation because how many how many games are they going to win during the half of the year when Kyler's not around? Two? At most, maybe three? And so then the second half of the season, you got to find five plus wins to get yourself out of this out of this hole. Again, remember, last year, seven wins got you in the dance. So you have to get to probably eight. Does anybody foresee the Arizona Cardinals getting to eight wins if Kyler Murray plays half a season? If Kyler Murray plays two-thirds of the season? Does everybody think that that they're going to win eight games? No, the rest of the roster around him isn't particularly good. So for me, that's a slam dunk. That is one of our 10 slots. 
I have in the highly likely top 10 team category, the Indianapolis Colts. And my hedge here is they've got a lot of nice pieces. They've got a gr- they've got a great running game that's going to that's going to bother some teams. I think I think it's much easier in today's NFL to hit the ground running as an offensive minded head coach than it is a defensive minded head coach. Just my personal opinion. I think there's a path where Anthony Richardson is good enough to where they can win some games. Now, is it going to mean they win eight games? No. And that's why I still have them in the highly likely tier. But could I see a scenario where they win six or seven games and they're in the they're in the mix where it could be a tiebreaker or a strength of record or a strength of schedule situation that moves them anywhere from from six all the way down to 11. And there's a there's a battle at the end of the season for that. That is where I, what I could see playing out. And so for me, you're betting on Anthony Richardson. You're betting on them potentially winning enough games to be a part of some tiebreakers. Again, I don't think it's very likely that they find themselves outside the top 10, but I felt very comfortable putting them in the tier two, highly likely top 10 team bucket. The third team that I have listed here would give us three of the top 10. And Tuttle says, Indy seems destined to me to pick seven to nine. That's kind of the conclusion I came to. And that's why like highly likely, but like I could see a path where they're not. For tier three for me, the leaning towards a top 10 team. And this was a team that you're betting on a, a major step forward for Justin Fields at quarterback. They had the first overall pick a year ago. And I am not the biggest current believer in Justin Fields. I don't think he, I don't view him the way some other people in, in football media view Justin Fields in terms of where he stands in the pecking order of current quarterbacks uh, in the NFC quarterback hierarchy. I still need to see more from Justin Fields. But another year, another opportunity for him to grow. They got DJ Moore. They've invested around him a little bit better. They went out and got offensive line help in the draft. So they put the pieces together to be able to help him. And so with that being said, I think to me, there's a path where they're out of this. But to me, I think leaning towards top 10 for just the bear side of this. Sports Nut says Carolina's pick for Chicago won't be top 10. That's a separate conversation when we evaluate Carolina here in just a minute. So those are the three that I think are slam dunks in their specific buckets. Now, we can go to a step further where I think Houston is a team that we can have an immediate conversation about. Um, I think the Rams are a team that we can have an immediate conversation about. I think the Bucks are a team that we can have the, um, an immediate conversation about. And I think the Raiders are a team that we can have an immediate conversation about to put these into these buckets. Bailey says Bears, uh, one in eight in one score games. That is likely to revert. Lost nothing and added blue chip players if they don't win seven games and you are arguing they didn't improve. Chris, that is very low on the Bears. I need more discussion. I mean, Bailey, I said I said likely, well, I put them in the leaning towards the top 10 team. They won, what, three games a year ago? And I have been very critical of the pathway that they're trying to run their offense. Right now, they have built an offense in which their entire mentality is we want to run the ball for 275 plus yards a game and win every game 16 to nine because we have a defensive minded head coach and we want to play grinded out football against all these teams. That's the way they want to play. And until Justin Fields in this offense takes a step forward and shows me that they are a more well-rounded, versatile, can also beat you through the air, can win those high-scoring affairs, can move up and down the field, um, I'm going to be, I'm still going to be very critical. And so for me, they got to go from three all the way to eight. They have to make a five-plus win improvement to get themselves outside of the top 10 more than likely for 2023. I don't know if I, I don't know if I see, I don't know if I see a five plus win improvement for the Chicago Bears and for Justin Fields in 2023. Don't know if I see it. 
And, and Bailey, I, I 100% agree that they did add two big wide receivers, that they did, you know, they brought in DJ Moore. That's a huge benefit. But I need to see it before I completely buy in. They're not in the highly likely bucket. They're not in the slam dunk bucket. I think I have them in the proper bucket. The leaning towards a top 10 team, but they could be anywhere from 7 to 13, 7 to 15 in terms of pick. I think that's extremely fair. I think I, I think it is a, a incredibly fair evaluation um, for the, the Chicago Bears. Sportsnet says Carolina was a game uh, from winning the division last year with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker at quarterback, and Horn and Dante Jackson out with injuries. Yeah, well, we, we, we don't have Carolina currently slotted here. I think Houston, and the, the only counter to Houston not being a slam dunk team would be the division that they play in, that they're going to get to play Indy twice, that they're going to be able to play Tennessee twice, and that those teams are going to kind of beat up on each other, and that they're all going to basically kind of be very similar in terms of record. And I get that. But Houston's got a first-year head coach. They have a rookie quarterback. They've got a lot of changes that they're making to the offense. They still need a lot of help on defense. They're not fully there yet. I think it is a, a slam dunk to say that that team's going to be a no-doubt top-10 team. So, Because, again, even if they improve a little bit, they won three games a year ago. Does anybody see them doubling their win total? They would have to more than double their win total from a year ago. I don't know if that if that happens. They just need to show improvement, and they need to show that they're more talented. And I think they do that. I think they pick somewhere in the six to nine range next season at 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 best. So we've got Arizona and Houston in the tier one slam dunk, no doubt, top ten teams. We've got Indy and Chicago in the other teams. So we've got four teams right now of our top ten, and I think the Raiders need to be a team that we discuss. They're in an impossible division. Impossible. The Chiefs are going to be tough two times a year. The Chargers are going to be tough two times a year. If you would get if you get any level of a bounce back, any level of a bounce back from Russell Wilson with Sean Payton being there in Denver, they are going to be uh, the, the the Raiders are going to be so far behind the rest of those other teams in the AFC West. And the other part of it that I would I would factor in is you've got Jimmy Garoppolo who hasn't finished a full season in a really long time. Um, you have a defense that is in a state of flux that you're hoping that Tyree Wilson is going to be able to help you with, with some pass rush help, but it's got the foot injury. You don't know. They still need some help on the second level of that defense. Um, I don't know what this wide receiver group is going to look like with, you know, everything that's been going on with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro's name's kind of, kind of being out there. But to me, I don't know, man, like they are on paper. They just don't strike any level of fear. And I don't know truly if the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be favored in a single game that they play throughout the course of the 2023 season. And when I say that, when I say you are a team that I don't think is going to be favored in a lot of the games that they play, if any of the games that they play for 2023, I think they need to go into the tier two, highly likely top 10 teams. So we're going to write them down here as the Las Vegas Raiders. So now we're halfway there. We think the Cardinals, Texans, Colts, Raiders, and Bears are all teams that are going to be in there. Now, I will warn you that that now would mean we would have... One, two, three. We would have four repeats. There were only five repeats in 2023. And two of them were teams that had other teams' picks. And so I would like to get some maybe new teams in here. Because there's always going to be... There's always going to be some turnover, some flux, some new teams that enter the mix. And I think the the two teams that are perfect for this, I think the two teams that are perfect for this conversation are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans. I think they 
are two teams that we can very, very clearly have a legitimate conversation about being in this mix. The Tennessee Titans, who knows what their quarterback situation is going to look like. At some point, I think they're going to turn things over to Will Levis and evaluate him. Their wide receiver core is not very good. They're basically banking on the idea of Derrick Henry running around, running all over the place, running around, throwing up 250, 300 every game to try to win. Their defense um, is, is going to be okay. The Jags took them you know, to the brink last year, took the division from them. I know they're going to get to play Houston and Indy, but I don't know how many other teams I'm going to take them against with the way that they run things um, offensively. So I think I'm going to put Tennessee also in the leaning towards the top 10 um, bucket with a conversation to be had about moving them towards highly likely. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is a highly likely team. I think Tampa Bay is a, a team that we would consider highly likely for 2024. Um, brand new quarterbacks, either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. They're a team that's getting older at some very, very key positions. Um, they play in a division that's going to be tough. Carolina's going to play them tough. Atlanta's going to play them tough. Um, new Orleans is going to play them tough. Tuttle says in the chat, unless Tampa has a quarterback surprise like Geno, uh, like Geno Smith style, I think they're top 10. Yeah, unless Baker Mayfield completely turns it around and looks like the guy who was the number one overall pick, then I just don't know if they're going to get good enough quarterback play to win enough games. Uh, Colton, the tiers are slam dunk, no doubt, top 10 team for tier one. Tier two, highly likely top 10 team. Tier three, leaning towards top 10 team. And tier four, can see the path, but probably too talented. And I will tell you, there's a team that I immediately want to put there um, from that perspective. Um, I, I think the, the Giants are a team that we can have a conversation about here. Like Daniel Jones, I think good enough at quarterback. Saquon Barkley, we know what he can do at running back. They, they have Darren Waller. I know their wide receiver core is a little bit up in the air, but they've got a good defense. They've invested in that defense. They've got good coaching. Like, I think they're too talented across the board at various different factors at coaching. They get good enough quarterback play. They've got difference makers on offense, although it's some weird positions um, like running back and tight end. I think they've got some top five, top ten players at that position. Um, so for me, like the New York Giants feel like, and again, are they the most talented team in the world? No, but I think for the sake of this conversation of being a top 10 team, I think they're too talented and they'll win too many games to be in the mix. Um, Green Bay is a tough one, guys. And I know there's a lot of conversation in the chat right now about what to do with Green Bay. I have no idea what to do with Green Bay. I really don't. They're in a tough division with Minnesota. I still think gonna going to be um, decent enough. Are they going to be what they were a year ago? No, I don't think so. But are they decent enough to be to be good and competitive? Absolutely. Everybody knows hashtag our Lions, right? Um, you've got a brand new quarterback in Jordan Love. You don't have Alan Lazard. Your wide receiver group after Christian Watson is a complete uh, question mark. You've got some nice pieces. You've got some guys that I like, but they those guys have to slot into their roles and they have to gel and they have to work together as a group. And, you know, I, I just... I don't know, man. It's it's tough. You could tell me that you want to put them in the tier three bucket and say, I'm leaning towards them being a top 10 team because of the wide receiver group, because of the division that they play in, because Jordan Love is an unknown. But you can also tell me that they've they've got a good running back. They've got a great coaching staff. Um, they've got a good number one wide receiver. They're too talented enough on defense, and they'll be able to win enough games to be in a tier four team. You could convince me of either of those two arguments. I think they're both sound, reasonable logic to get there. So for me, because I can get to both lenses here, I don't think they're a team that we think is a is a tier one or tier two team, right? They're just not a team that we think is, th these are the, the, the upper echelon of top 10 teams. These are the teams that we think there's not really a great path 
for them to get there. And right now we've got five of those. We've got the Cardinals, the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, and the Bucks. We've got those five as what I would call locks for the top 10. And then we've got the Bears and the, and the Titans on the fringe. And we've got the Giants completely on the outside. Now, other teams that we haven't even discussed yet to put on this list, we've got the Rams, we've got the Commanders, we've got the Panthers, we've got the Packers, as we mentioned, and we've got the Patriots. And those are all the teams that we have left to put on this list to get to a, a, a nice full tier maker and to feel comfortable that we have 10 teams in this mix. Um, Washington's a tough one. Incredibly tough division. Philadelphia, Dallas, the Giants, all tough. They, they feel so similarly, similar to me to Green Bay. Sam Howell taking that next step. But they've got Eric Bieniemy. They've got a great offensive head coach, offensive-minded um, coordinator that can probably get a little bit more out of the script than maybe we anticipate. And I think they're going to be able to have a good running game. Um, but Sam Howell's such a major question mark. And so for me, that major question mark kind of overrides everything else. And I think I want to put Washington in tier three. I think I want to put Washington in the leaning towards the top 10 team. I don't think it's highly likely. Um, I think I think leaning towards is how I how I want to describe it right now sitting here on May 24th. Um, so I'm going to I have the other screen open here and I want to just bold the teams that we've already um, listed here so I can see who we're working with left to be able to put on uh, to this list here. The Rams, I think, are a highly likely team. I think they're a team that we really need to discuss as a highly likely team. Now, they would they would kind of fill the role of, of a team that, that drafted in the top 10 in both seasons. But again, they gave their pick to Detroit, so they're kind of a new team, quote-unquote, for, for this, this uh, mix. But I don't know, man. Look at their roster. Look at what they, they've got going for them. Matt Stafford's injury, the back, the shoulder, the elbow, whatever whatever's up next with with. Matthew Stafford is a major question mark. Even if he's on the field, how good are they really truly going to be? They don't have a lot of talent. Um, they, they've gutted this roster to be able to kind of very quickly rebuild this. There's not a whole lot that I can say. I don't think I would pick them to do very well against Seattle. I don't think I'm going to pick them to do well against San Francisco, the games that they play. I mean, the, the two times they play Arizona, those are going to be a battle of two teams picking inside the top 10. Uh, but for me, that's they're a highly likely top 10 team. Uh, in that regard, uh, the Carolina Panthers are a team that we need to discuss, and they are a team that we need to. I think, I think there's going. I think we as a as a podcast, TD and Daily, myself, the YouTube listeners in the in the live YouTube chat. I think we are going to be different from the way other people feel about this team. I think this team, with a new coaching staff, with a rookie quarterback, with some of the talent that they have on defense. I think they're going to be better than people think they're going to be. Now, I would love it if they had some more offensive weapons. That would make me feel a little bit better. But you've got a great veteran presence in Adam Thielen. You showed last year, even though it was a different coaching staff, that you can run the football effectively without Christian McCaffrey. You've got some upside guys with Terrace Marshall. I think LaVisca Chenault is still there in Carolina. And I think Frank Reich's going to be able to use those guys pretty effectively and, and get very creative with the way that those guys get used. So I feel pretty good about that. Got some nice talent on defense. We got Brian Burns. We got JC Horn. I mean, we can, we've got some pillars on defense. I think that's going to be enough. We get to play the Bucs twice. We get to play Atlanta. We're going to, I think we're going to be competitive with New Orleans. So I think just, and the divisions where I think this kind of gets won or lost, right, in a lot of ways. So for me, I want to put Carolina in the concede the path, but too talented. And it's not just the roster. I think it is because 
of the coaching. I think it's because of the other players that they have on this roster, the, the, the situation, the division, everything. I want to put the Panthers in the same tier that we have the Giants. And so we've got Carolina listed. We've got Chicago listed. We've got Green Bay listed. Um, I'm, I'm looking here now. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Folks, we've only got nine teams in our buckets that we think are going to be top 10 teams. We've got Arizona. We've got Houston. We've got Indy. We've got the Raiders. We've got the Bucks. We've got the Rams. We've got the Bears. We've got the Titans. We've got the Commanders. We've got to put Green Bay somewhere. We've got to put the Patriots somewhere. Those are the two teams that we have to, to put somewhere. And I'm here to tell you, folks, the bias is going to come out here, but I want everybody to look at the New England Patriots schedule. I want them to look. I want you to look at the fact that they're going to more than likely have to play Aaron Rodgers twice, that they're more than likely going to have to play Josh Allen twice. They might only play Tua once or twice. I don't know. Who knows how many games Tua will be healthy for against the New England Patriots. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sold on this Patriots team. I, I'm not sold on the idea that Bill O'Brien comes in here and runs this offense and all of a sudden they fix all of the problems that they had a year ago. I, I'm, I'm just not sold on that. And everybody else got better in the division. The Jets got better than they were a year ago. They were fourth in the division last year. I think Miami's going to be better. Sportsnut says, can Sean Payton get Denver back on track? If not, a bad Russell Wilson drove them into a top 10 pick. That's a team that we haven't even considered. Again, that's a team that's outside of the, the, the under eight win total in Vegas that we could have a conversation about, right? I just use what Vegas thinks about these teams as a great launching off point. But Denver's a great team that we can discuss. Um, New England and Green Bay, I think, are, are other teams worthy of consideration. Um, it, it, you, with, with, with Green Bay, you're basically just betting on the idea that Jordan Love's not going to be good enough, at least this season. That's what you're betting on. You're betting on the idea that that is going to be the case. And so for me, I don't... I, <laughs> I think it's much easier for us to come to the conclusion of I'm going to bet on Green Bay with Jordan Love having some rough patches, and that leads to only seven wins or six or seven wins, and that puts them in this mix. Then I am saying other things. Jamie has a mini. He says mini, and then he puts wee woo in all caps. I I think you're kind of conflating the two things here with a mini wee woo. Is this the thing that's in Discord? Is this the thing in Discord that I just saw that you'd like me to read to everybody here for some breaking news, Jamie? Is that what this is? Because I'll do it if it's what you just put in, in the Discord. And for those listening in the podcast audience, you've probably already seen this by the time you're listening to the show. Okay. Uh, the, U, the USPTO, which I believe is the United States Patent and Trademark Office, has denied the trademark application for the NFL's Washington Commanders. Oh boy, this is a big deal. On May 18th, the USPTO issued the denial citing two reasons. One, an existing trademark for Commanders Classic. Two, Pending applications filed by a D.C. area man. So somebody else already has something similar. And part two, somebody beat the commanders to this is what I'm. Is what I'm talking is what is what my takeaway is here. Bring back the Washington football team. You should have never gotten rid of it in the first place. It was cool. It was fun. This is what happens. You get rid of the football team. and Look, at, look it's just a disaster. You should have just kept being the Washington football team. Now, what what does this actually mean, Jamie? Does the Twitter thread go on? Because I just see the one tweet here. Can you put in the chat, does the Commander's Classic is the Army-Navy game? Oh, I didn't know that, that that had a title. Thank you, Colton, for the for the information in the chat. Like, Jamie, what happens here? Can, they can't can, So they can't be the Commanders? Or they can be the Commanders, but they'll get sued? How does this work? So many questions. I'll let Jamie answer in the chat. Um, so I think we put, I think, 
I think okay. I'm I'm gonna do some here. Unilateral uh decision being made here, and I will let I will, I will I will do it, and then you guys can tell me what you think. So here's what we've got. We now have all the tiers done with the teams that we want to do this with. In tier one, the slam dunk, no doubt, top ten teams. We've got the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans. Tier two are highly likely top 10 teams. We've got the Indianapolis Colts. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got the Los Angeles Rams. So we've got those six teams that we think are 50% or greater, in some cases probably 75% or greater, that we think they are going to be top 10 teams. Tier three, the leaning towards the top 10 team, we have the Chicago Bears, the Tennessee Titans, the Washington Commanders, and the Green Bay Packers. And then in tier four, can see the path, but probably too talented, we've got the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, and the New England Patriots. How do we feel about that? I think the only team that we haven't really done a whole lot with that maybe we should would be the Denver Broncos. We haven't done anything with Atlanta yet either. Atlanta's another team that was picking last year. The second reason the commander's trademark was refused was due to pending applications for the Washington Space Commanders, Washington Wolf Commanders. The filings were made by a man who filed the trademarks trying to guess the new team name. Weird stuff happens. This is the weird stuff that goes on in, in the United States of America. It's just very weird. Um, those are the tiers that we've as we have them. Now, teams that we didn't put anywhere on this on this list that we maybe could. Denver, Atlanta. Let me look if there's any other team that like jumps off the page to me. Because like, I don't know, like there are teams like that are gonna be decent enough that I, I you know. Like the Browns. I, I don't know if the Browns are worthy of, of having a conversation about. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other major team that we didn't really have a conversation about that that's going to be in this bottom tier. No, like I feel pretty good about this. Like any anything else is going to be like a major injury to a quarterback or a star player is going to put a team in this bucket. And I don't know. I don't know if that's worth that's not worthy of a conversation, right? Like I'm not going to sit up here and predict quarterback injuries and like be like, oh, well, if the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers, then yeah, they're going to be in this. Like that's just not that that's just not the spirit of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to evaluate rosters and we're trying to evaluate where we think these teams are um, in their in their life cycles. And so for me, I think Denver and Atlanta are two teams that we can we can discuss. Um, I think Denver goes into the can see the path, but probably too talented bucket. Um I think Russ, if he's just a little bit better with the rest of that roster, with the better coaching and the better game management, they're going to be fine. Um, and then Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta picked eighth this year, and it was just because of a tie, right? They had the same number of wins as the team that picked 10. And I think they got better. So I'm going to put them also in tier four for the can see the path, but probably too talented as those five teams. And I think that's where we'll call it here. So tier one, slam dunk, no doubt, the Cardinals and the Texans. Tier two, the highly likely top 10 teams, the Colts, the Raiders, the Bucks, and the Rams. The leaning towards top 10 team, the Bears, Titans, Commanders, and Packers. And our can see the path, but probably too talented, the Giants, Panthers, Patriots, Broncos, and Falcons. With the teams that I think are the highest up on that tier to, to crack this list being the Patriots and the Broncos would be the two teams that I would immediately put towards the top of this list as closest um, to being in tier three, honorable mentions for tier three would be how I would drew. I've drew. I've been nice to the, I've never been mean to the Packers. I don't know what this, I don't know what this narrative has emerged because we were on the opposite sides of the Aaron Rodgers trade that you and I are now, we have to be adversaries. Drew, we can be friends. 
There's no there's no reason for us to be adversaries. I'm I would love you to be successful with with Jordan Love and Green Bay. And I'm going to root for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. We can both be happy. There's no reason for us to be adversaries, Drew. There's zero reason for us to be on opposite sides here. Now, I will say, Drew, we did consider putting them into a different bucket, but but we didn't get there. We got them leaning towards. Uh, Drew says, no, I'm just saying a lot of people would have us lower. Yeah, I mean, I, again, the reason why tier three was where we landed, Drew, and as a late joiner, I'll, I'll rehash the point once again. But there are two tracks that I think this could follow. Jordan Love's solid enough to where they're able to, to win enough games and they've got good coaching and they're really talented on defense and they've got enough pieces on offense where you feel pretty good about what they're able to do. Um, and the flip side of it is the, the Lions are pretty good. The Vikings are pretty good. Jordan Love, maybe he's off to a rough start. Outside of Christian Watson, they don't have a ton of help at the, outside of the wide receiver group that they are, are known at this juncture, right? That we know what they are. They're proven. Uh, a lot of unknowns. Um, and then you add to it, like I mentioned, the division that they play in. Those are the two tracks that can run simultaneously. You got to pick one. And I think because those two tracks are so close to one another, tier three feels like um, feels like a pretty good pretty good bucket. Tuttle says, we have a few wide open division races too, which makes it difficult to see who bottoms out based on any head-to-head sweeps. 100% agree, Tuttle. It's why some of these tiers are a little bit difficult to kind of de- define amongst themselves because the division's where a lot of this stuff is going to get um, broken down. But that is going to do it for us here on the podcast edition of the show. A way too early look at the top 10 for 2024, the teams that we think are most likely. So a bit of a deep dive, some research, a little bit of a tier maker here for you. On a Wednesday, we kind of cover all the bases here on the show today. So appreciate you guys being here. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We greatly do appreciate it. It helps us build the momentum here and continue to grow this show. If you want to join uh, us for uh, the YouTube version, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, you get the post show, the recording of the show, and you get the pre-show. Drew was about to leave. He's about to get out of here, and he just put in the chat. He goes, oh, wait, there's the post show. Yes, and you can be a part of the post show, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You join us for the YouTube version of the show. You can also watch it on demand afterwards as well. Appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Wednesday. Talk to you all tomorrow.